1: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
0: Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. We have got a really special episode for you guys today. So special, in fact, that it's going up a little early. I was planning on You know, kind of doing a big episode this week with today's guest, Jalen Hawkins, as the second half of the episode to go up this week, I was going to do the first half, uh, be my reaction and and OV's reaction to the NFL schedule release. But my conversation with Jalen was so good that I I really didn't want to wait to get it out there. Um, We got into a lot of stuff. We obviously talked about the strides that he made in year two. Uh, The scheme switch, a lot of our conversation uh, talking about how the defense changed um, under Dean Pease compared to where it was with Dan Quinn and then Raheem Morris when he took over. So you're going to get a lot of insight into really what the Falcons are maybe looking to do now that could be different uh, from what we have seen previously. And obviously, then a lot of questions about some of the players who hopefully make that leap and some who definitely did like AJ Terrell. Uh, Jalen was awesome to talk to gave a lot of insight really humble really hard worker I love where his head's at and we tried to get in and have a little bit of fun. So Shorter open today Don't really have anything planned to to talk about here because I I just want to get this up Uh, It's it's Wednesday afternoon as I record this. I spoke to Jalen yesterday. So hopefully Wednesday evening is is when you guys are tuning into this But whenever I really appreciate it. Uh, It's an awesome conversation and then The plan is once the schedule release drops 8 o'clock Thursday night, going to go right after that as soon as I can. Uh, Hopefully Ovi will be able to join me. He was going to hop on for the the Jalen interview, but um, wasn't able to make it. So I really am hopeful that we'll get him and his thoughts for the schedule release. We should because, you know, he he obviously is is way more equipped to talk about the rigors of an NFL schedule than I am. But whatever the plan, you will get reaction uh, from this podcast in some form or fashion Friday, whether it's Friday morning. Uh, hopefully, that will be the case. I'll be able to record, edit, get it up as quickly as possible, maybe a little bit uh, later Friday afternoon. All depends on on how everything works out. So look for that. A big week on this podcast, right after I said we were going to take some time off, but I can't quit you guys. Uh, so <laughs> There we go. Um, Let's get right into my interview with Jalen after this quick break. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs. A lot of big game fives this week. Been awesome in the NBA. Major League Baseball. You know, can the Braves catch up? Bites, and even next season's NFL futures. We're going to get into uh, to the Falcons future a little bit later today. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile app to join. But be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, That's Believe, B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's that easy, guys. Bet online, where the game starts. Very excited to be joined now by the former California Golden Bear, now on the back end of Atlanta's defense. It's Jalen Hawkins. Jalen, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing
1: great. Blessed. I can't complain, man. I can't complain, man. Thank you for having me on the uh, show, man.
0: You know, it's an honor. Yeah, of course. I'm really excited uh, to be you're hopping on. And obviously, it's it's kind of a big upcoming year for you. Uh, you're going into your third season. First two interceptions last year. Congratulations on that. You know, right nice. off the top, how are you feeling? You know, where's your headspace at? What have you been up to this offseason to relax and recharge?
1: Uh, man, first and foremost, man, you know, the off season, you know, like you said, it's for, to relax and recharge, man. I went back, went back home, of course, Cali, man, uh, I'm biased, but that's my favorite state, second place is Atlanta, of course, but went back <laughs> to the crib a little bit, um, you know, spent some time with my fan, traveled a little bit, you know, see the world, you know, see a different side of things. And then, uh, went back to the grind, man, after all that, you know, uh, working it day out, day in and day out, really just trying to win the day and, um. Yeah, that's really it, man. You know, stay consistent in my craft. And not only that, just get better with what I do, what I do, you know, certain things that I seen on tape last year that I can improve on, you know, improve on those things. Uh, second year in the system. So, you know, feel very comfortable, stuff like that. You know, just yeah. just keep your hands on my game no matter what, you know, can't really get complacent.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We're going to get into the, uh, that new system. But it's, you say, you know, being from California, it's, it's funny because I feel like every offseason there's two hotbeds of like training that happens. You mm-hmm. get the guys that fly out to California to work with everybody out there. And then you get guys that come here to Atlanta who are, you know, kind of yeah. more from the southeast, SEC Clemson mm-hmm. guy, like a lot of because is such a big recruiting hotbed. So, you mm-hmm. know, do you interact more with your guys when you're out in California? How many are coming out to see you, or do you do you just kind of train on your own or do you have a group of of guys that you like to work with?
1: Uh, so basically, you know, I'll go back home. I, I'll train with the same people I grew up with, grew up training with. Uh, my father, my DB coach Mike Scott, and I train at Proactive for strength and conditioning. So you know, I kind of you know kept that you know my routine, kept that same routine. Uh, a couple former players who play in the NFL, another another professional sports and, and the CFL and stuff like that. We all grew, we all tra- we all train together. It's my boy Nick, my boy George. Everybody that I grew up with, we all still train together and are playing professionally right now. So um yeah, I kinda, you know what I'm saying, stick to the routine. Uh, still be in touch with my boys back, you know what I'm saying, in Atlanta. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Everybody just rays all out, especially in the off season. You don't really know where people are going. You know, some people may be in another country for a whole month, you know. So like yeah. It's kind of hard to keep up, but you keep up. But I keep up with my room and, um, you know, whenever I'm in town or whenever I want to get a workout, like, hey, you in town, let's get a workout in together, you know, stuff like yeah.
0: that. Then let's kind of talk about the areas of your game that you have worked to improve. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. the ball hawking skills uh, have always been there. So so I think you're yeah. good to go in that area that I think um, one of our favorite highlights, you know, when you got drafted, obviously that, that huge one handed pick um, that you made. So. You've got that natural ability, but like you said, getting more experience in the scheme in what they're going to ask you to do, what are some of the areas of your game that you specifically really worked on this offseason?
1: Oh, man, I worked on everything across the board. I became more explosive, you know, stronger, stronger not only my legs, my upper body, Um, you know, certain techniques that we learned from our coaches, you know, because it was having a coaching switch going from, you know, something you learned from your rookie year to Mm -hmm. something really new year next year, you know, you kind of have to adjust and um, learn how they break things down and how we do certain techniques, certain drops aren't the same, certain things are different, you know, e- basically everything's the same thing, but the details are a tad bit, they di- are just a tad bit different. So I worked on those things knowing, you know, how how I do certain movements within the scheme and stuff like that. So I just made sure I worked on that just so it could become, you know, even more routine and Yeah. I'll say, you know, what I'm saying I just I just work on everything. But like, you know, I hit certain spots where I yeah. see you make it more
0: CQ. muscle it was, memory. Right. You know, yes. it's it's so because that was that was always DQ's big thing is we want to free these guys up mentally to to just go play as fast as they can. Yeah. And that it just kind of comes with time. <laughs> and yeah. I remember yeah. uh, during my time covering the team, I would always go to Ricardo Allen uh, after after games, after practice or whatever, and just be like, I saw this on film. Am I seeing this correctly? Because it takes so much effort and attention to detail to properly understand the game. And we want to talk about you guys in ways that, you know, gives you credit or holds you accountable. But in order to do that, you got to know what the hell is going on. Exactly. And so it's, it's, it is little things like your, your drop marker. It could be the, the way that you identify the receivers. Um, and, and actually that was one of my favorite, I think post game quotes from last season you gave, and it was talking about, uh, I believe it was an interception that you made against Miami. You noted that the the running back had flexed out and was now the number one receiver, and the tight end was was in the slot as the number two, and they like to run a kind of seven route combination on that. You just read the quarterback's eyes, trusted your instincts, um, and and went and made the play. Mm. Can you give fans a little bit of a an idea of what your checkpoints, I guess, before the snap are on Sundays as a safety? Like, what are you looking for? What are you keying on? And and what are you looking for throughout the week? Is kind of a group.
1: Yeah, I would say like you know I think like as a group when you're when you're studying your different teams, I would say like you break it down. You don't break it down in bulk. You kind of go piece by piece. You know, you start from first and ten to about like you know first and second down, third down, the red zone. You know, you just move. It just it, it just gets breaking down in increments, increments. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, you can. It's really situational, you know what I'm saying? Being smart with the situations in football. And then you kinda of go more even more into details. players, personnel, um, mm. down in distance, that's a big thing. So you start with the down <laughs> yeah. distance, look at personnel, what are they in? Um, where are certain key players we studied this week, where are they at? That has a lot to do with how a team, you know, operates and runs a certain place, uh, formations is a big thing, you know, stuff like that. Anything that can help you get an extra tip. You're not going to know everything 100 percent, but having having like little things that give you a jump on certain things helps out a lot. You know, the rest is, you know, read and react, you know, read and react and go play fundamentally sound football and go off with you. You know what I'm saying? No, as a defender, you know. Yeah. And then, as you're playing in the game, you're playing the game within the game because you see what they're doing. You kind of catch on plays that you know they missed us on, but they'll go back to it the next quarter and try to hit on hit on hit it on us again. You know, just yeah. certain things like that. You know, you basically you know the attention to detail is heavy, um, and you know you, you got to c- constantly think. So you know you gotta have, you gotta give space for your mind to just do that while you're out there on the field. You gotta be poised. You know, I like to be turned up and loose because that's like Like, I'm not really uptight dude on the field. So but for the most part, though, you know, you got to be poised and and be and be aware, you know, and that all comes from preparation.
0: Yeah. And it's why offensive coordinators are so like freaks about tendencies. Like they they do not want to have tendencies because Mm -hmm. that's what you guys are looking for. Yeah. All right, before we get back into kind of the nitty-gritty of, of football, i got to ask you a couple of, of fun questions here. Do yeah. you and Jalen Mayfield ever argue about how to spell your name correctly? What is the proper mm-hmm. spelling of Jalen? I mean, like,
1: his parents got away, my parents had away. So, like, <laughs> you know, like, if they, you know what I'm saying? Like, me and Jalen from two different states. So, you know, I don't know how they spell it over there. And,
0: yeah, but yours you know? is unique, man. His everybody I, has has his spelling. You're you're one of a kind. I mean, he's,
1: he, he unique though. That's my dog. You know, Jalen Hard. <laughs> Jalen, my dog. Jalen, my dog. So you know, uh, we don't really. Yeah, nah. We don't really argue about that. Everybody kind of like they calls me Hawk or yeah, Hawk. So Jalen got the name Jalen, I guess, on the <laughs> team. But yeah, nah, we don't. We don't be. We don't. We don't. We don't argue about that. no, 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 no. We don't. All right, mean, that, that, that's I good.
0: Alright, what's what's your uh, what's your favorite meal in the cafeteria?
1: Oh, shoot i not gonna lie, every day they be in there every day. I would say every day, man, 10 out of 10. We, I'm biased, but we have the best chefs. I think best cook. <laughs> the other ladies back there really work very hard. Some of the males as well. Steve does a very job, very good job with us as far as nutrition and, and dieting goes. Um, I'll say my favorite meal is breakfast <laughs> because every morning I look forward to, you know what I'm saying? Going in there and getting like either an egg sandwich that's just off, like off the hook or getting like a, Getting French toast. The French toast is unbelievable. But I'm starting to eat more healthy compared to my rookie because my <laughs> yeah, rookie like um everything omelets, you know, egg, whites, egg whites, egg whites only white, now. <laughs> egg whites, avocado toast, oatmeal. You know I keep it simple now, but yeah, no, I was eating everything omelets. You know what I'm saying sour avocado, hash browns. It's, it's just super good, and you know, and and yeah, it's just good. I can't complain.
0: I I remember, I think, reading a story um, uh, several years ago at this point, but it was basically what offensive linemen when they retire and just the relief that they have to not have to stuff their face for forever. Like, I think some of the Browns offensive linemen and Alex Mack, obviously, was a former Browns offensive lineman, but would would go after practice, after eating full meals, full everything at the end, go home and buy like three pizzas and take that home and eat like three pizzas and then ice cream. And it's just like, the amount that they have to eat so i'd way rather be in your shoes and just be like you know i'm gonna just skip the bacon today and and maybe take yeah, it easy and get to. a boiled egg <laughs> Yeah,
1: i, don't, I don't, have to. Hey. You
0: don't have to stuff your face um all right pop a shot or ping pong in the locker room which one you prefer
1: everybody, ping pong going crazy in the locker room everybody does that in the locker room we have like a big old competition
0: who's the best player oh it used know. to be Julio. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but we got a couple of new new players on this team that's really like going crazy in the ping pong. Uh, Q. Allison good. Um, we got a new tight end. He's been running the table. I've seen OZ's good. Just from what I've been seeing, I don't participate. I, I just go off what I see. You know, I see who I see is on the table every day, going back <laughs> and forth, yelling, screaming. You know. Uh, yeah, we got some My boy Mike be in the tables. A couple of coaches get in it. I don't really know who's the best, so I can't really speak on that. I just go who I just go off who I see you know is yelling and screaming the most cuz I assume they're winning. You feel me? <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't really know. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't really all know. All right, well you're
0: going to have to keep track of that. Next time we have you on, you'll you can report back um, with, with what you've That's learned. Good. But
1: <laughs> sure. um all
0: right. So transitioning into a new scheme and, and it's very different from yeah. it, it appeared what you know DQ and, and uh, Raheem and, and those guys wanted to do but they brought in Eric Harris and Daron Harmon last season and I think a lot of people looked at at safety and the loss specifically at that position I mean entire group gone except for you and it was at once kind of the weakest part but then they bring in all these guys they draft Richie Grant and it becomes kind of a position of strength But I always thought that the the reason they really brought in Eric and Duran was to help you guys understand, learn, get up to speed. And really, Mm -hmm. they kind of knew what to expect from this scheme anyway. How big of a role did they play in your development and getting up to speed to play, you know, pretty well at times last season, even though it was your first year in kind of a complicated, it seems, scheme?
1: Oh, new scheme. Uh, Man, Ian Duran, them is my dogs, man. Like, them is really my bros, Like, I'm not going to lie, man. Like, being back there with them and playing with them was, like, very good. Taught me a lot, man. I learned a lot from both, you know. Also learned a lot of different, you know, character character building things, you know, how to become a better leader, um, seeing some of their routines, taking notes on what they do, you know, how to get, keep their body right. And mm-hmm. even with the scheme, you know, teaching me certain ways on how to be savvy within the scheme, you know, um, certain disguises, just, just little things, you know, when I had a question, when I have questions, of course I'll talk to the coach, but I also talk to them. Like, okay, how do you see this, bro, if I if I did this or this? And they would break it down to me and put me on game. You know, it was it was really good having those two back there, man. And um it's, it's I miss I miss Dude, but you know he he gonna hold it down where he at. And um Eric is with us, so that's the that's the my dog. We still chop it up. So, you know, the very very good people and um helping me within my development
0: of my dogs. Oh, yeah. I mean, players are honestly sometimes coaching even more than the coaches like it, oh, yeah. you get because they're the ones out there really experiencing it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you guys are able to talk a language and have a shorthand that really you only get when you kind of are in the thick of it. And mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. I mean, it's great because they're obviously really good players and have mm-hmm. had really long careers in this league. But then, yeah, you mentioned it, it's so much about some of the things that aren't even really on the field but impact so much of what happens on the field it is like your study preparation it's the habits it's you know your off season and how you maintain and take care of your body and and get better mm-hmm. while also you know getting ready for the season so it, it's i think really smart that they brought all of those guys in there because hopefully you know it not only impacted you but will impact richie grant um and he's somebody yeah. who yeah i think Fans maybe hope to see a little bit more of, of Richie last year. It seems like it, not only given the veteran presence of, of Eric and Duran there, you know, that allowed him to grow and develop, but it seemed like he was playing a big role on special teams. So, what did you see from him kind of last year? How is his development coming?
1: Oh, I was going good, man. I say all of us in the room, we grind every day, day in and day out. You know, that's Richie, my dog. We close, man. You know, because we're close in age. I'm one year older in the league. Yeah, you know, he's here under me. Um, and he's the boys has been grinding, man. And uh, I look for him to do, you know, big things. And you know, I just, you know, I just see him. I just see the way he works and to see the way he attacks this and approaches this. You know, you know tell telling him what's gonna happen. My dog gonna be solid. And um, yeah, like the work he's just been putting in. You know how serious he takes it. You know, he, he's a grinder and that and he's a baller too. So you know, yeah. Good
0: things, no, like he's got it. Like he's got the the ability. We clearly saw it coming yeah, coming bother. out of college. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I I'm really curious specifically about um the the safety position in Dean Pease's defense. And you know we we mm-hmm. saw the players that Dan Quinn really wanted in that role. You you had you know your big box safety in in Kiki. You had you know Ricardo, who was kind of multiple in a lot of ways, but then even Demonte Casey, like that true natured center fielder that, that would give you options. Um, but how is this defense different and specifically at the safety position? Because it, yeah, everybody loves to just point it at, Ed Reed, but it seems like Dean Pease, you know, gets really high caliber of play out of his safeties and really puts a lot on their shoulders. Mm. Is, is that true? Or is that just, you know, mm. is that stuff that we're all kind of making up in the media? Like, how, how could you explain your role in Dean Pease's uh, defense and, and maybe how it compares and contrasts to what you were asked to do previously?
1: I oh, mean, Dean got an awesome defense. Both defenses are awesome, you know, um, just a little bit different. I would say more in Dan Quinn is a little more stationary. Dean Pease, you know, I mean, Dan Quinn's defense was more stationary as far as positioning, mm-hmm. you know, more of a single role, you know, whereas to, you know, I get into this defense and I'm playing multiple roles, you know, left or right. You know in multiple areas of the field i'll say that's the biggest difference and um you know certain schemes of course are different uh yeah just the way they run things are different so yeah that's, that's and, and I, that's, that's important yeah.
0: you know because it really kind of can confuse i guess the quarterback's keys and what he's looking for when he lines up there you know he's, he's yeah. mostly looking at the safeties single mm-hmm. high two high you know middle field open closed all that but then late rolling who's who's going mm-hmm. to the space like kind of all of that stuff so that interchangeability puts a lot mm-hmm. on your shoulders, but it really should pay off in a huge way because you're kind of psychologically messing with the most important person on the field. Is that that's kind of the point yes. of this?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, that and just to, you know, what I'm saying give the freedom for everybody in the defense to make plays, man, you know, not just us, you know, the things that we do tie into what other people do and, you know, what I'm saying affect, you know, the defense as a whole. So, you know, everybody just has to do their one eleven. And you know, it's about the defense as a whole making plays, and the defense mm-hmm. as a whole being good. You know, because one area can't just be good, and you can't have the area, other areas on the defense just be average. So, like you know, if everybody operates in and does, that one eleven, that's how the defense functions, and it allows you know good things to happen out there. You know, good third down stops, you know, splash plays, interceptions, you know, stuff that helps. Yeah, I mean, it's,
0: it's whether or not you're gonna. Maintain the edge or try to slip inside of a block to make the tackle, but then you give up that that the outside mm-hmm. essentially and and it's maybe your role is to funnel it back mm-hmm. Yeah, at that point. So that makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. But mm-hmm. somebody who uh, you know very well being in the same draft class AJ Terrell. I mean massive season last year. Uh, like how cool was it to see him have the season that he had get the recognition and the respect nationally that that he deserves. And I mean, has, do you think he's close to his, his ceiling here? How how much better could this dude get?
1: I, know, you gotta, you know, I, don't, I don't even know if the homie got beat, probably be eating. Um, you know what I'm saying? Extremely hard worker. A dog on the field. Um, approaches the game like no other. Goes out there and handles his biz. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm happy to see my dog flourish and, and see him doing what he's doing, man. You know, it's just real dope. Especially coming in with him and... Um, you know, especially in yeah. his hometown. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's a big deal and a big thing. And you know? yeah, I feel like Scott I mean, a limit for my bro. Yeah, honestly. he's I mean,
0: he's among that the group that I, you know, is here in Atlanta <laughs> working working hard all off season. Um, but yeah, he's he's kind of emerging, seems like not only as a as a star player, but from reports, uh, a leader inside of the locker room. I mean, how how intentional was this new staff and some of the veteran players that they brought in last offseason in setting kind of a new culture in defining kind of new leadership. You know, we see the the changes, of course, in personnel and the roster and faces, and you know, come and go on the field and everything. But so much of what happens in kind of that first year and establishing a new culture happens internally. So how did that go last year? And, you know, mm-hmm. are you guys closer to really getting that type of culture of of competitive accountability that that arthur smith really wants
1: cool. yeah for sure we're on our way you know last year was just the start like i said sky's the limit for us um you know we got a real good strength and conditioning staff um they're doing their thing you know what i'm saying that also is a big part of changing the culture um as well as our coach you know is implementing things where we can you know compete more do a lot more stuff you know what i'm saying making sure we're just well conditioning going well conditioned going hard um just a lot of good stuff, you know, just to shift that culture and, uh, you know, lead us to winning games.
0: What are some of the things that he's put in to increase that competition? You know, like I know, I know a big thing DQ loved to do was was the basketball shooting, um, the free throws kind of in the team meeting room. Is there is yeah, there an yeah. example like that that, you know, Arthur has brought in here to kind of uh, get get you to think in the way he wants you to? Also, I like, also
1: like competition in practice, you know, um, either competitions in special teams drills, competition on seven, seven on seven drills. You know, competition, you know, within the team period, you know what I'm saying? Defense win, offensive push ups, offense win, defensive push ups,
0: stuff like that. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So it's it's fun. Oh yeah, man. Throwback. People are gonna love that.
1: <laughs> so, you know, just fun stuff. Just just be a competitive in nature and um, uh, you know, coaches coach also wants us to be very smart. So, you know, he mm-hmm. wants us to be you know, very aware out there on the field, no situational football, you know, stuff like that, you know. So The culture Mm -hmm. is is great.
0: It's crazy how like much like everybody in the NFL coaches and players approach the game situationally first and how fans like we don't think about it that way. You just follow the Mm -hmm. ball around. But if you kind of sit there and you're like, all right, it's third and seven, probably not going to run a fullback like power right here. (laughs) They're they're probably going to throw the ball. And so, yeah, I mean they harp on it all the time during the practice week, you know, red zone period, mm-hmm. full days, just two minute mm-hmm. drills, the, things like that. So that's really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, kind of before, as we start to wrap this up, Jalen, there, there's been, you know, a, a lot of talk, I guess, externally about whether you want to f- call it a rebuild or a turnaround or, or kind of like the growing phase that hopefully leads to something better. However you want to phrase it, but we got, we know that you guys are professionals and competitors and you want to go out there to win and you're not mm-hmm. going to tank. Like that's, you cannot tell a locker room full of grown men, "Hey, like go out there and, and we're going to lose." You know, because you guys want to put the best film out there. You want to go win. You want to prove to to yourself, to everybody, that that you belong here. All of that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. So, how do you guys talk about the external noise, and and how do you kind of stay focused, stay you know in the right mindset to then actually go out there and have a season like last year where you surprised a lot of people. You know, the, the seven wins wasn't supposed to be on the table, but clearly it was definitely within your reach. And I think you guys are even capable of more this year, even though it feels like a lot of people externally are saying that you're taking a step back for a year before really going all in. What is your mindset? And, you know, what's the mindset in the locker room approaching this season?
1: Uh, The biggest mindset is, you know, not to worry about the externals because that's kind of a poison. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to say a lot of things. The media says a lot of things. The whole mindset is basically just to win the day. And that's how I take the approach to this is, uh, you know, by going in there, working hard, you know, doing my 1-11, being accountable, as well as my teammates out there. We all being accountable for each other and uh, just going out there and putting our best foot forward and just getting better day by day and let the results be the results.
0: Yeah, focus on going 1-0 each day, then 1-0 okay. each week, and that's it. and there you go. That's it. That's <laughs> it all right, man? I I see a uh you know speaker behind you, so yeah. Tell tell um, me about that. You you in a you're in a studio? What's up? Hey, yeah, I'm
1: in a studio. Yeah, I'm in a studio. Yeah, I'm in a studio. Uh, it's my little in home studio. Not bad. Uh,
0: still getting put together, but uh,
1: yeah, I'm in here. You
0: know, hey, it's better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, the world back. That's I like that. It's
1: better,
0: better than world. mine. Still getting set up, but um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you you create music. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Where did yeah, you learn home. how to do that? Is that has that always been an interest of yours?
1: I always have been an interest. And my dad actually makes beats. He, you know, I'm saying, up making beats and stuff like that I was introduced by introduced to it. You know, when I was younger, and I always wanted to do it. Um, and then one day I got a laptop. You know, input FL Studio, and then when I was in high school, I was like, like so excited. You know, start messing around with it. Did it throughout college. You know, it was a way for me to you know get my mind away. And uh, just be at peace. And so, you know, I get here. You know, I get drafted here, Atlanta, great city for music. Yeah. We all know. You know what I'm saying? We got the air. We got the you know, Atlanta guy. I got it. And um, you know, I was like, okay, I'm gonna make my home studio. You know what I'm saying? For myself, a place where I could just get away, relax, make some make some music. You know, stuff that's good for the ears. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You know, whoever whoever want to be can get a beat. You know. So basically, I'll do stuff like that and. You know, it's just, it's just fun. You know what I'm saying? It's a fun hobby.
0: So, you know, being being from California, you you more yeah. West Coast like style music, or, or have you come to to love the the Southern style down here?
1: I mean, everybody loves Atlanta music, but I'm West Coast till I die. Like, look, <laughs> you know, I'm playing West Coast bangers about the same time I'm playing Atlanta bangers because I love Atlanta music too. So, I love both. <laughs> you know, I'm a I say I'm a music guy all around. Uh, don't really. I'm not biased to anything. I always like say Yeah, anything I make in my head, nah. <laughs> me I'm not in my head like this. I'm like, okay, I like this, you know. There you so go. So I'm not really biased to like, you know, I like a large genre of music.
0: There's a documentary on HBO uh called The Defiant Ones that it's basically like the the rise of Dr. Dre and and like how he's mm-hmm. influenced music. Uh, and and a lot of the really popular stuff kind of throughout the 2000s like there it's a four part documentary that starts um mm-hmm. you know basically with with him uh just growing up and and doing all of that and then one episode's like introduces Eminem and how he discovers Eminem and it's this whole thing and then like how they invented beats by Dre like it's it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen you should definitely it, check it out this one this is still on HBO I think it is I hope it I is hope so.
1: I hope so I watch it tonight, yeah, dude, <laughs> you know it's,
0: it's really really I good you really
1: that wow, you just it's, gave me something to
0: watch. it's really good so who who controls the music in the locker room like do you do you uh, ever I'll
1: play some I'll play some here and there, but I'm far away from the ox. I send my boy <laughs> q to be playing a lot um whoever's over in that area plays the music I'm okay. away from the
0: speaker they still but play that know, Friday song on Fridays yeah Friday is. <laughs> All right, hey. During the
1: season, though, during the season. Yeah, that was... That's a season anthem. That's a
0: little season anthem. There you go. Always gets you in the right mood for the weekend. But, all right, Jalen, we're going to let you uh, get out of here. It was awesome having you on uh, to to talk to the fans, talk to me. Best of luck to you this season. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to say before we let you go?
1: I just appreciate everybody that's supporting the squad, man. That's it. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. All right,
0: man. Thanks again for hopping on. God bless. Thank you, man. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you again to Jalen Hawkins for joining me for that conversation. I, I really feel like I hope that everybody got a, a good glimpse into the way that football players think about the game. You know, that that was kind of some of what I was hoping to get out of that, especially given how important it seems safety is to Dean Pease's defense. And you heard Jalen talk a little bit there about the moving before the snap. You know, he mentioned that that in the DQ defense, they were stationary a little bit more. And and what I think he meant by that was there were kind of more defined roles. And, you know, you, you wasn't a ton of pre-snap moving around. So I think what we are going to see more of this season with Dean Pease is your safeties are going to be a little more interchangeable. One play, uh, you know, one guy could be coming on the blitz. The next, he could be dropping back in a single high coverage Uh, on any given play. You know, one of those two guys could be the strong safety, the free safety. It's all about that pre-snap disguising and then changing it up right after the snap, which is something that Dan Quinn believed in. It's a conversation he and I had uh, kind of early on in my time covering the team was a defense needs to now start changing post-snap very quickly because quarterbacks are so good at, reading defenses pre-snap and the offense with motion and with different personnel packages can just dictate so much to the defense that you have to start kind of buying yourself time post-snap to really mess with a quarterback and that's when you can throw them off. It seems like that is, you know, something that Dean Pease believes in as well, but we may see a little bit more of the role versatility come to light and fruition that way. Um, You know, and so It was really cool to just kind of get his take on what he's seen, his growth. Uh, It feels like he is a little bit more comfortable or it seems like he's more comfortable heading into year two. Hopefully that's the case for a lot of guys on those defense or on the defense. And I'm going to let you guys know I'm I'm a little bit more bullish, I think, on Atlanta than I was last year. And even though I predicted seven wins for them, which is where they ended up, I kind of thought that that team was going to maybe underperform a little bit. Based on its talent level, I kind of think this team is going to overperform a little bit based on its talent level, and that would be a really good thing to me. That would be a sign that everything's working. It seems like Jalen, you know, likes where a lot of this is headed. So, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought that was a lot of fun. We're going to really uh, try to have some more current players, former players, uh, football people, really on this podcast over the next few months. Like I said recently. And I'm going to try to ask, you know, some more questions. If I could do that interview over one more time, I think what I would have done is a little less just straight football, football, football. I tried to get some of the fun questions there in the middle, but it would have been really awesome to just kind of ask him, hey, is there a player in this league offensively who maybe fans don't give? Uh, the the same amount of attention, but that players in the league who watch the film who have to go out there and play on Sundays are like, no, this guy is actually really, really good and very underrated. Like, I love questions like that when people ask, um, you know, athletes, really what's real <laughs> and, and what's what's out there, you know, uh, favorite memories, stories like that. I think I want to get more stories out of the guys from next time. But but Jalen was awesome to have on. I love that he's got hobbies outside of the football you know, being being into making his own music is really cool. I think he's a well-rounded person. I hope you guys got something out of that. And we're going to try to do a little bit more of that. So as I said, up top, the plan is Friday, you will be getting another podcast from us this week, covering the Falcons 2022 schedule that will be dropping Thursday night. So be sure to, uh, to set your watches. And that'll do it for today. We will see you again shortly. Today's podcast was presented by BetOnline. Please rate, subscribe, like, and review. Let everybody know where they can find this awesome interview. I'm going to be having an accompanying piece up on The Falcoholic soon. So please go check that out and take care.